0: I earn a This shark will swallow you whole. I value my neck a lot more than 3,000 bucks, Chief. Find him for three, but I'll catch him and kill him for ten. Ten thousand dollars for me by myself. For that you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Shot. We've got a problem on our hands on the fourth of July, Mr. Vaughn, Mr. Vaughn, I pulled a tooth the size of a shot glass out of the rectal of the boat out there, and it was the tooth of a great wife. A what? You better need a bigger boat. Love to prove that, wouldn't you? Get your name into the National Geographic. Coming out from across oceans and across the world, you're back here in the Jaws Obsession, where we are here to share with you, prove to you, convince you, or remind you that Jaws is the greatest movie of all time. This is the one-year anniversary of the Jaws Obsession. Yes, one year ago, December 7th, 2021 would have been the premiere of The Jaws Obsession Episode 1, where we did a deep dive into the opening aquatic sounds of Jaws, and we talked about Oscar Zala and the uh, Troutonium, and that started off this uh, epic run. We do have a few exciting announcements to make on this episode, but also I wanted to just kind of have a introspective on not just The Jaws Obsession, but what we have done together as a Jaws community Rallying around the movie, the details in the movie Jaws, but also with the writing of the Book of Quint. We have reached um, a major step in in that book's journey. If we roll back the clock to December 7th, 2021, one year ago, I was only five chapters deep into the Book of Quint in the writing phase. But I already had the research phase. I already had this plan in mind that started in June of 2020. The writing started October of 2021. So here, this crazy idea that was building inside was that I had to start a broadcast and bring this journey to the fans of Jaws. But at the same time, there was a purpose behind all of that. I'm sure that if you went to every writing seminar out there, that they would shudder at this plan that if you were going to start writing a novel that you would create this huge workload which is a, a weekly show, a weekly broadcast that you're going to be in the public eye while you're writing and you're going to bring people along on that journey. There's two reasons why I did that. In my mind, Oh, that was the only way for this project to get accomplished. The first one was... We all hold, myself included and you listening out there, we all hold the movie Jaws extremely dear to our hearts. The characters, the performances, it's been ingrained into our society. It's part of countries around the world that it binds everyone together. So this is a serious serious story, and one of the ways I felt this had to be done was I had to earn the trust of the Jaws fans to allow me to present the story of Quint to you in a very unique way, which would be taking clues from the movie Jaws and using that to build a backstory. What this broadcast or podcast allowed me to do was take the idea to you, the fans of Jaws, and by allowing me to dissect the movie Jaws then what we were able to do as a community. We were able to see that there are other details going on. There's other things going on that we might not realize unless we peel the layers of the onion back and we actually inspect all these little avenues. We actually see that there's a lot more going on than maybe we originally thought. So that was number one was I had to earn the trust of the Jaws fans and then number two was this broadcast put me in a pressure cooker mentality where I had to zero in on the story and the characters. As I was doing the Jaws obsession, remember, we did not, I did not announce the Book of Quint until episode 20. But after episode 20, then it was on. The pressure built. There was no getting out of it at this point. It, there was no turning back you just you just have to you just have to put your head down and you have to muscle through that writing and that's where the magic started to happen where scenes and chapters from the book became chapters I never realized were ever going to come out the way they did the story is very very special what is inside this book is something that I never planned on it just came out I guess what I'm trying to say is that the Book of Quint would not have turned out the way it did if it wasn't for this Jaws Obsession show that you're listening to. They both connected in, in a major way. In a writing situation, it is a very solitary activity. You're you're locked in solitude and you have to really zone in. I had John Tedder in order to ping thoughts off of and send him test chapters, I would never have met John if it was not for the Jaws obsession. So all these avenues came into place because of this show. I never expected that one year ago when I did this first episode. That was, I remember I met John for episode two. So I just knew I had to do this. That's why I bought all this fancy broadcasting equipment. I have the fancy microphone and I set the whole thing up, not even knowing why I'm doing it. I just did it because That's I just knew that it had to happen in that order. When I look back on the whole year, how this book evolved into something much more than I ever expected, a lot of it was grounded and based in in what developed since episode one, one year ago. So thank you very much, everyone, for tuning back in to the one-year anniversary, uh, episode 48 of The Jaws Obsession. So let's get to some good news. One of the major revelations, let's get some major revelations. We're gonna need some music in order to do this. Let's get some music here. Yeah, that's right. When you hear that, that means we have, the Book of Quint is now shipping out. The Book of Quint is shipping out to Boston. It's shipping across the globe. It's shipping to Australia, Great Britain, Germany, Spain, across the United States, Finland, where all the backers of the Indiegogo campaign came together and sponsored this creation of this novel. It is now being shipped out and it's exciting. I did an update to the Indiegogo campaign backers if anyone goes over to JawsOB.com, you can go to the Book of Quint page over at JawsOB.com. You can go to the Indiegogo.com page for the Book of Quint. Even though ca- the campaign's closed, you can see all my updates there. And the latest update shows that we received uh, the boxes of books from New Jersey, from Lightning Press. And now my uh, one of my pool tables is... Filled with packing material, and we have a a, a regular Amazon basement here with packing, uh, packing the books, and and trying to get these out as quick as and accurately as possible. Yeah. So the order fulfillment has begun. Um, some of the investors, some of some of the campaign backers waited seven months for this time. I mean, that's a long time. We, we have the most patient backers from any campaign. They've waited seven months for the writing to be to completed, the editing, the formatting, and then the printing. And it's just an extreme honor for me to drop these packages off at the post office and send these out to the world, um, having a fun time doing it. With the celebration of the Book of Quint actually reaching coming out and now people are actually receiving it and they are starting to read the book of Quint. John Tedder over at Quint's Shark and Shack over at Etsy.com. You follow the links in the description of this broadcast. John Tedder has issued a coupon code. The code will run from right now, from December 7th all the way till February 2nd. All people have to do is apply the code JAWSOB, that's capital J-A-W-S-O-B, at checkout and you receive 25% off your entire order over at Quince Shark and Shack at Etsy.com. John has restocked all his Jaws-themed memorabilia, and if you go over and enter the, uh, apply the code OB at checkout, you get 25% off. Great gift to the listeners of the Jaws Obsession to celebrate a one-year anniversary of our show. In order to somewhat guarantee that your order gets to you by Christmas, if you can get those orders in between December 10th and the 15th, well, he'll definitely get it in the mail, but then it will give the post office a puncher's chance of getting it out to your address. So that's very exciting. Thank you very much to John. I will put the um, the notes in our in our show notes about the checkout code, JAWS OB, So anyone can go over to quinsharkinshack at etsy.com and stock up on all the JAWS items he has. So for all the Indiegogo campaign backers, make sure you check your email because I will be reaching out to you individually, each of you, and letting you know about your tracking. Excited to hear what, you, what your experience is with the novel because that's what this is going to be. We're not going to make this the Book of Quint obsession. It's still the Jaws obsession, but in future episodes, we are going to now get to read reviews. And hear what people think about the about the book. It, it was designed to be unlike any other book that you have read in quite a while because Quint deserves nothing less. So let's get into some emails here because some of these emails were fantastic. I'm just getting every everyone's just writing in and I'm always charged up to hear from the listeners. One of the emails I had after shortly after the next uh, shortly after the last episode, episode 47, was from Nathan in Australia. So Nathan wrote in, hi, Ryan. I only found your podcast on our way home from the Sunday, 27th, November, 2022 screening of Jaws at IMAX in Melbourne, Australia. I took my 16 year old daughter. I am 1979 born and since age five, Jaws has been my all time favorite movie. Your podcast has well and truly renewed my very own Jaws obsession. The level of thought and detail you have put into this project and subsequently the book of Quint is unbelievable and second to none. I feel very fortunate that we live in an age where creative people have opportunity and a platform in which they can materialize their passion projects such as yours. Obviously, I've missed the boat, so to speak, to contribute to the book of Quint on on the Indiegogo page, but I assure you, if you get worldwide publishing, I will certainly be purchasing your book as early as possible for us in Australia. I really do hope that once out, that your Jaws prequel is optioned and is made into a motion picture. Your pipe dream of its possible release coinciding with Jaws 50th anniversary in 2025 would be very fitting for both projects. Good luck with all your endeavors into the future. And I truly hope that all your hard work and dedication pays off and that we all get to share in your vision and creation for the next 50 years and beyond. Kind regards, Nathan from Melbourne, Australia. Nathan, thank you so much for your wonderful email, uh, wonderful words of encouragement. I love the part where Nathan mentions the technology where creative people have opportunity and a platform in which they can materialize the passion project because that sums up in perfect sentence, that sums up what we're doing here with the JAWS obsession is that in decades past and years past, this never would have been available to reach out and connect with everyone where we can talk about. One project we can talk about Jaws and we can all be on the same page, but at the same time, we're using technology and a classic form of communicating, such as a novel. It's the perfect synthesis of past and future. And I just think that's it's a great that's a great theme of what we're doing here. It's classical, but with a 21st century twist to it, and it's exciting and then so i wrote back to nathan and i was pondering just imagine if this if this technological advantage that we have today if this was available to the writers in the past what would melville have been able to do what would hemingway have been able to do and other various writers it's amazing and that that we were able to get this accomplished where this book is actually now uh, reaching out to people. Thank you very much for writing in, Nathan. From Melbourne, I loved Melbourne. I I was there, that was our first stop when we were coming out of the ice from Antarctica back in the year 2000 when I was on the Icebreaker Coast Guard Cutter Polar Star and we were coming out of the ice pack. That was our first stop to refuel was Melbourne, Australia, beautiful city. Hopefully I get to go back there someday. I would not mind seeing it again. We had another email here and Kevin writes in, Hi, Ryan. I hope you and your family had a great Thanksgiving. The podcasts have been tremendous. I really enjoy the breakdown of how you decided the version of why Hooper used the song, Show Me the Way to Go Home, to sing to Quint and Brody joining in with the modern version with the drums. The breakdown of the orca letters is really interesting as well. He says, I am curious to see if it came from that bar. He's talking about the Riptide. And we still have John on hot on the trail to get an answer for that. Like I said, you are the Jaws Columbo. Besides The Godfather, I can't think of a movie that is so interesting to break down and dissect. And I agree with that, Kevin, because The Godfather is quite the fascinating movie. And the thing with the difference with The Godfather, what Jaws doesn't have that The Godfather did have is The Godfather had The Godfather Part 2. The Godfather Part 2 was a combination of a prequel built into a sequel. So what you have is you had the prequel parts where Robert De Niro plays the young Vito Corleone, that was able to now establish a whole line of context that Jaws never had the opportunity for us to see, and that's what we're doing here. Jaws had its sequels, and as flawed as the sequels were, Jaws 2 was still adequate in that it had Brody, and the, 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 and that the, the story was somewhat coherent. coherent. But without that prequel, we, Jaws is always going to be lacking what The Godfather has. And that's why I think it's kind of unfair when I believe Jaws is the greatest movie of all time, and if people are going to put something like The Godfather up there, if you allow Jaws to have a prequel, now you are at least giving Jaws the ammunition to now go into that battle with the Godfather to see which one is the greatest of all time. or So the Godfather fans, they have that. We Jaws fans do not, and that's what we're changing here. And I think once you read this prequel, remember, we don't need the movie per se. We just need the novel, because you're going to watch this movie in your minds when you read the novel. That's the best way I can describe it. And that is what's going to give Jaws the weight. It's now going to have gravitas of what the Godfather has because you had the Godfather too. And now you're going to have the Book of Quint backing up Jaws. It's a wonderful uh, way to think about it. And I'm excited to for everyone to read the story. And even people that might think, that Jaws is not the greatest movie of all time. When you read the book of Quint, they might reconsider, which will be very exciting to see. And then Kevin continued on. He said, I know you said that you gave a copy of the book of Quint to Ian Shaw. Do you think he would be interested in playing his dad if a movie was made? Any news or interest from Universal Studios? Well, to answer that, first of all, there is, in my mind, there is no one else on the planet that could play Quint other than Ian Shaw. If you see him in the stage play, The Shark is Broken, he is Quint. He is Robert Shaw. He is not only the legacy of Robert Shaw, but he he looks, the looks are there, as well as the gravitas, as well as the presence on stage. And that is what Quint would need. There is nobody else that could play Quint other than Ian Shaw, in my opinion. Now, what I just saw, uh, they just released a trailer for Indiana Jones 5, and if I saw it correctly, it looks like they used de-aging software on Harrison Ford to do a flashback sequence or some sort of sequence that shows a younger Indiana Jones. So the technology is out there now that you can take a 53-year-old Ian Shaw, who looks younger Because remember, Robert Shaw was 47 when he played Quint. You could take the Ian Shaw and you could use de-aging software on him for the Indianapolis sequence for The Last Day in the Water, Thursday, August 2nd, 1945. The novel, The Book of Quint, it expands from 1945 all the way to November of 1968. And that is a very there's a reason why it goes to November of 1968, and we all learn that when you read the book. But That whole span, you actually can have... uh, Ian Shaw would be perfect for it because he is in that age range where you can have a younger Quint and then you can watch him age. When I met Ian Shaw, I spoke to him very briefly, but what my plan is, is... And yes, Universal Studios... uh, First of all, the book would have to get to Mr. Spielberg's desk. If the book's good enough... If there's enough noise by the fans, it will get there. The power that we have here is when we get to a publisher, what what I communicated to Mr. Shaw was my intention to not only get the book into publication, but get a publisher to put up a small budget for an audio book to the Book of Quint, of which we have Scott Fitzgerald and Rockbox Recording Studio standing by. That small budget would allow me to bring Ian Shaw back to the United States to New York, where we would have him do the audio book to the book of Quint. That is the what my pie in the sky right now. That would be my focus when taking the book to a publisher. That would be one of my um, requests. If that were to happen, I think it would be unbelievable to hear the book being read by Mr. Shaw. So little steps, and then maybe we will, uh, we will get to the whole Universal Studios side of things. And Kevin finishes up where he says, I definitely want to pick up a copy of the book of Quint when you offer it again for sale. I missed out on the original sale and just got busy and sidetracked at school. Uh, all the best, buddy, and keep up the great job with the Jaws obsession and with getting a publisher for the book. Happy holidays. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much for writing in. What a great email. And uh, and yes, that was that leads to a lot of really great Jaws discussion. When you have people just come out and just start asking questions because that's what we have to do. We just have to ask questions and we have to realize that there is a lot of potential here. So I'm hoping that uh, eventually I can reach out and get in touch with Mr. Shaw again, and we can discuss things further. So Kevin from Maine wrote in, now this is an older email, and I don't think I addressed this one yet, but uh, Kevin Kevin wrote in and said, uh, good morning, Ryan. I just listened to episode 45, and I must say it is my favorite so far. Why? Because I found your story and how you got this idea and project going so interesting. I hope once you get the book set and all the craziness settles down, you can do a more in-depth story of how this all came to be and what a documentary that would be. I'm so happy for the success and I cannot wait for the book to arrive. Thanks again and an amazing job. Sincerely, Kevin from New Durham, New Hampshire. Thank you very much for writing in, Kevin. His email gave me a little bit more See, I have somewhat I have somewhat refrained from discussing myself with the Jaws obsession. We focused really much on on the movie Jaws and the events in Jaws, but more people are writing in and that they like and and Kevin was able to verbalize it in that that there's a story behind the story and that's also interesting and if you want to hear more about that i would be have no problem in letting you know there's not just a story behind the writing of the book of quint but a lot of my experiences that molded me to become the to be able to have the confidence to tell this story yeah because in episode 45 i actually that whole back half of the episode was uh, talking about the how this all came to be. So Kevin's email made me think of when we go into this next year, the next year of shows. What what direction does the jaws obsession go in? Of course, we're still going to talk about the about jaws. I'm sure a lot of you that will read the book of Clint will be you'll want to know about certain sequences and how did those develop because there is a reason there's there's so many things that are in the book in in the book that a lot of my life experiences formed the story elements to the book of Quint. And I just wanted to, I wanted to read a quote from Ernest Hemingway here. Mr. Hemingway has a quote here. "Uh, Good writing is true writing. If a man is making a story up, it will be true in proportion to the amount of knowledge of life that he has and how conscientious he is so that when he makes something up, it is as it would truly be. Byline, Ernest Hemingway, page 215. If a man is making a story up, it will be true in proportion to the amount of knowledge of life that he has. And that is why I reached a point. I was born in 1978. I am 44 years old. But my experiences as a professional deep sea diver, underwater welder, A United States Coast Guard veteran sailing on a ship from Antarctica to the North Pole. I wrote screenplays and I also had, uh, I published articles in magazines that I was able to have a small writing background After the military, I I owned an independent film company, of which I was able to direct a feature film. Um, That was back in the uh, mid-2000s. I had a documentary that went to Netflix called Plan 9 from Syracuse, probably some copies of it floating around out there. That was back when Netflix actually had DVDs where they mailed them out, uh, so it was distributed that way. But the thing is, is that then I went into working on power lines, started a family, so you are as a writer, you are a sum of the experiences that you've had throughout your entire life. And the old adage is write what you know. When I had this the story to Quint being formed, I believed I had the experience necessary to tell the story accurately, to draw on experiences that I've that I've had in my life and be able to put that into the characters, to make the story as real and as memorable as it could be. And I'll give you one example. There's a lot of stories. I, there's a, you, Everyone has sea stories. Every sailor has sea stories. Jumping in water and saving people and all that. But that's not what the Book of Quint is about because, to me, Quint was this... Quint is iconic. It, I can't write myself into this. It, it, Quint is almost like a mythological figure. So I. he's out there. So... That's where I used Herschel Salvatore, the character of Herschel Salvatore, so we could get to know Quint by experiencing him through Herschel Salvatore, and that's how I was able to navigate that part of the book. I'll tell you one story, that when when I first got out of boot camp in the United States Coast Guard, and I got to my first station, Station Fire Island in Long Island, New York, in Babylon, New York, I was there for maybe a week, and when you first get there you, you don't really know anybody and you're trying to you, when you first get out of boot camp especially at age 19 i was as you know i was as athletic and fit as i ever was going to be and i was ready to do whatever they said if if they said ryan run into that surf and go Grab that, whoever it is, and bring them back. I would have done it in a second and not even asked, uh, gave it a second thought. I was eager. I was ready to go out there and I wanted to be the best crew member, uh, rescue man. Uh, I wanted to, you know, boarding team operator. I wanted to do all of that and just hit the ground running. But yet I was never on a boat, okay? Because I grew up in Syracuse, New York. Okay. So I was never on a boat per se. I was not a nautical person. I was an open water certified scuba diver. I was an underwater welder, but I never had really time on the water, right? So those were all things where you would leave land and you'd go out and do your job and then you'd come back, but I never had time on the water. So there was this thing of where I wanted to impress right out of the gate. So I wanted to, um, Make sure that I fit in, right? Because now you're going in. So when you get to the Coast Guard station, and Coast Guard stations are all set up pretty similar. And this was one of the bigger ones where you had the 44 motor lifeboats. These were the boats that would go, they were designed to go out in heavy surf where you have big waves, and these boats would rewrite themselves if they ever took a wave broadside and capsized, they would they would just roll back over. So you would go out there and you'd be strapped in, shackle in with the safety equipment and all that, and you'd go out into this crazy water in order to get these stranded boaters and bring them back. So what these each of these stations have is you usually you have what they call a coxswain, which is usually, it's a bosun mate, and he's a high-ranking bosun mate, but he's... These guys were unbelievable operators of these motor lifeboats, and they even had a special school that they would send them to. The Coast Guard has a special school out there that they would send these guys to, to train into how to approach heavy surf, what to watch out for, rogue waves, how do you go at surf when you have waves coming from multiple directions. So these guys are like the best of the best. If you think Top Gun, but Top Gun for the water, for actually navigating and and driving boats, they were the top gun pilots of the motor lifeboat community in the United States Coast Guard. And the one we had at our small boat station, he was Petty Officer Jim Weber. Now, this guy was—if you think of uh, GI Joe or the <laughs> of the uh, picture perfect poster man for like the Marlboro man for the United States Coast Guard this would have been Bosun mates first class Jim Weber I was a group of new people coming out of boot camp and when we got to the small boat station we all everybody looked up to this guy this guy was unbelievable and he was just the way he carried it was just like the way he carried himself so as a 19 year old kid and you're looking at this guy and he was just like everything about him was everything you wanted to be if you went, if when you were in boot camp and, and when you get out, you wanted to, you, you looking up to this guy, like this guy knows he's been in the, he's been in situations. He's been, I mean, he can pilot a boat like you, like with his eyes closed. It was unbelievable. Just, there was things he could do with a vessel that I've never thought possible. He was the top dog of this station. So I was there for about a week at Coast Guard. Life is kind of like you do three days on three days off. You do rotating weekends. You're kind of like a fire department for the water. So it was my, I was on duty, but I was not on, it was like my duty assignment was to be on base so I could not leave. But I was not on a boat crew per se because I was so new. So at night I decided to go work out. It was like, okay, I will go work out at the gym. They had a small gym there, like a small fitness center there. So I went out there to go work out and I had my athletic clothes on and I'm out there working out. And all of a sudden, the alarm goes off. Now, in a small boat station, you have a rescue alarm that goes off, a siren. And when you hear that, the boat crew that's up has to run and jump in their uh, personal flotation devices and everything, and they run down, the engine. Uh, the engineer runs down, lights off the engines to bring them up to temp, and then uh, the, the bosun mates all run down and they, you know, uh, undo the lines, throw the lines over, and they take off to go do the search and rescue. Well, the alarm goes off and I think nothing of it because no one's told me anything. So I'm out there just working out, lifting weights. A couple of minutes goes by and all of a sudden, and I hear the announcement, Fireman Apprentice Daco, report to 44321 immediately on the double for search and rescue. And my stomach just dropped and I was devastated. So I immediately run leave the gym. I run to my room, throw my uniform on, get down, grab my PFD and uh, my search and rescue vest and run down to the boat because I did, I had no idea. I was so new. I had no idea that this was even possible. I did not know that I was on this boat crew. And as I get down there, there's Jim Weber with the crew and they're all staring at me and I made them late for the call it was dark. So it was nighttime. And, uh, you know, I jumped over onto the boat and, uh, the lines go over. So we, we get out of there and everyone, no one would look at me. And I felt like the worst, I felt so isolated. Like I felt that I let everybody down, but the worst part was I let Jim Weber down and I was devastated that, That was like the last thing I ever wanted to do, and so we get out. We we get out to we're 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 headed out to the inlet. It ended up being a false alarm. There was nothing out there, but on the way back, uh, Petty Officer Weber talked to me, and he asked, "Why were you late? What happened?" And I was telling him I was in the gym working out. I didn't know, you know, that, you know, and I told him, I said, I'm really, you know, I said, it will never happen again. Well, I guess the way he, after that, he took me under his wing to teach me about how to operate a boat. And I, even though I was on the engineering side and he was on the deckhand side, he just took a liking to me to the point where. He made me into one heck of a Coast Guard crewman. If you saw me a year later after that, it would have been night and day. It looked like I'd never even, uh, it looked like I was born on a boat. That's how well he trained me. But he, but that devastation that I had in disappointing him, in the Book of Quint, when Herschel is out there for the first time with his newest captain, Quint, and he fails to help him out, and it's devastating what happens. The When Herschel talks about his feelings, I was able to draw off of the feelings I had of disappointing Petty Officer Weber. And that went into the character of Herschel and how he sees Quint and how he's devastated that he's disappointed Captain Quint. And that is how, when I say that there is something in this book that you can't manufacture, you can't make up, that I've drawn on more of these stories and tales from what my experiences were through my life and I put them into this book, stuff came out that I forgot about, and it just started flowing out. And when Ernest Hemingway says, good writing is true writing. If a man is making a story up, it will be true in proportion to the amount of knowledge of life that he has. And that's why I believe... When you read the book of Quint, you are not just reading something that's made up by some writer sitting in a Hollywood office, you're actually reading experiences and feelings that were generated in a real setting on the water and in different areas of life, and it becomes something that I never expected, and I hope you enjoy that. As much as I enjoyed the writing, I hope you enjoy it. Experience in it in the novel form, which is the book of Quint. Thank you very much for tolerating that small story. I just wanted to show you that there's something more going on that I can't, I can't really verbalize until you read the book of Quint, but it is very special. And I hope that you see that as well, as much as I do. So as you know, I've been shipping out the book's to the campaign backers. And one of the great experiences is I get to write everybody and send them their tracking number that allows me to reach out and communicate. And then they are writing back and I'm getting the most fantastic emails coming back. One of the emails just arrived as I was recording this. It's from Steve. He says, hi, Ryan. This is, this is fantastic that the book has been shipped and it will arrive in time for Christmas like yourself. And I am sure so many more people out there, Jaws to me is much more than just a film. As someone who suffers from anxiety and chronic overthinking, Jaws is total escapism. No matter how rough a day I might be having, as soon as I press play, I feel like I am transported straight to Amity and all is okay. The podcast has been a wonderful extension of that and has really cheered me up and taken my mind off of things when having a particularly challenging day, and I just want to thank you personally for that. I look forward to further episodes, and I literally cannot wait to get my hands on the book of Quint. Cheers, Steve from Scotland. Steve, thank you so much for writing in. That hits me in the heart when someone who suffers from anxiety and chronic overthinking and Jaws' total escapism, and now the podcast, Jaws Obsession, was an extension of that. And now he has seen that the Book of Quint could very well be an extension of that. That right there is what I never expected. When I read emails like that, like, Steve, thank you very much for writing in. Steve from Scotland, he's uses Jaws to handle um, when he's having a rough day. Now that this is just an extension of all that and then people are finding that uh, Jaws, they're finding more enjoyment in Jaws from what we've been doing here at the Jaws Obsession. And that's why there's something more going on here where people say, you know, why don't you just uh, publish through Amazon and use Amazon publishing or how about an ebook there's something more going on here and it's not just for materialistic goals. I don't, it, sure I could go that Avenue, but to me, what I would, what my vision is would be for a publisher. When you find these larger publishers, they have channels of distribution that can get the novel into public libraries, schools, military bases, ships, all around the world. And I saw firsthand when I was underway in the United States Coast Guard on board the icebreaker, how Jaws bonded entire rooms of sailors. So in what Steve just cited about how Jaws, every time he presses play, he feels like he is transported straight to Amity and all is okay. That happened for entire crews, entire sections of my crew when I would put Jaws on for the movie night, everything would be, everything would disappear. You, the, 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 you missed the guys that missed their families or you, maybe you have, have a chief that's been running up and running you up and down the ship doing work and you finally get a break and Jaws would be that little oasis of escapism. And that is important here for the book of Quint is that that this can also be an avenue for that, but that avenue is not possible if it's only available on Amazon. It's not going to be possible for that sailor that's aboard a, uh, a, a Navy ship that's in the lounge looking at the library of books they have available. If the Book of Quinn is there in book form, it might reach that person who just needs it at that time. And that's what I'm looking at, is that this this story belongs in m- many places, not just on Amazon, not just on a Kindle. Of course, that's going to be all for decisions for a publisher to decide. But when I see emails like Steve from Scotland, I know that we are on the right track here, and I have no doubt that Steve is, um, he is a backer to the Book of Quint, he, and his book is in route it's it's his book is now shipped out it's headed to him and Steve I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the book and how and your experience within the pages it's going to be very interesting to see what real Jaws fans think about this novel and that all started with this with this show one year ago one year ago that I remember it was right around this time that I hit publish on that first episode and here we are one year later 48 episodes later, over 28 and a half hours of content. And it was all possible from you, the listener, coming back and actually seeing that and and believing in this, in what we're doing here, that there's something more going on. And it's just, it's wonderful to see. So I'm excited to go for another year and uh, let's see what we can do here with the Jaws Obsession and the Book of Quint going forward. Thank you very much for listening this week. Episode 48. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired. So remember to go over to Etsy.com, follow the links down in the description below. For Quint Shark and Shack, John Tedder has the checkout code, The to apply, apply the code JAWSOB at checkout to receive 25% off your order all the way till February 2nd. That's for JAWS Obsession listeners. Thank you very much, John, for that wonderful little gift there. The movie Jaws is copyrighted property of Universal Studios. Any references and sampling from the movie Jaws in this episode is intended to fall within Section 107 of the Copyright Act. The copyrighted materials are fairly used for the purposes of criticism, comment, reporting, teaching, and research. The materials used here are protected by the fair use guidelines of Section 107 of the Copyright Act, all rights reserved to the copyright owners. Okay. So also stay tuned to jawsob.com. Um, oh, Um, or you can see our telegram channel. You can, jo- you can join the group over there at jaws, OB over at telegram, but on our notes page, I will be updating everyone on a possible sale of extra books. We're going to have that early next week. So I'll announce that in the next episode, episode 49. So please stay tuned to that. I'm, um, You can also write me at jawsob2025 at gmail.com, and I'll give you the latest on uh, when when the books will be available. But thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in for one-year anniversary of shows on The Jaws Obsession. We couldn't have done it without you and your support. Thank you very much. Until next week, farewell and adieu, and show me the way to go home.